Phil Bennett's with us first, and uh, it's one year on for the platform formerly known as Twitter. Good morning, Bill. Good morning. Yeah, I think we still call it Twitter, don't we? Even though um, Elon would like us to call it X, no one really does that anymore. I don't know. Do they still call it Twitter, or have a lot of people said, this ain't Twitter? Um, actually, what you see if you read about it in the overseas, I mean, one of the problems with the name X is that it's ambiguous. So um, what you'll see in a lot of the international press is they'll call it things like X Twitter, um, which is, you know, if you think about it, a, a nice joke, really. Uh, <laughs> um, but it's also, um, it's just confusing. It's like, but it's like Facebook. I mean, we, we should really be talking about Meta. That's the company. But People th- still think of it as Facebook, so I don't know. Um, it hasn't changed as radically, though, and I think that's the yeah. difference with X. I'm interested, and you'll get into your piece in a moment. I'm interested as to whether there has been this mass exodus. Who would know? It's, you know, it's well, pretty hard uh, to unsubscribe yourself from anything, isn't it? Yeah, well, uh, yeah, I'll get into that. Um, I've got some figures later on, which that there has been an exodus, but it's not a mass exodus. And that's the thing. Twitter is, in many ways, it's down, but it's not out. Um, but it's not looking healthy either. Um, and like I said, it's been a year. The, the the thing is, is over the course of the last year, I think I've been on here with you perhaps every three or four weeks. And most of those weeks, we've talked about the latest silly thing that's happening at Twitter. And a lot of those things have been silly. Um, the, the latest one, which happened in the last week or so, is that New Zealanders who want to sign up for Twitter now, you can still sign up you um, as you could before and read it but now you have to pay um twitter one dollar well it's, it's actually one dollar 43 so it's one dollar us to be able to do anything other than just read it so to, if you want to post or reply or like things you have to sign up and pay now that it, it's it's nominal but i mean a dollar 43 a dollar one dollar us it's a nominal amount of money but it's quite significant in three ways. The first is is that you you have to give Twitter your credit card, and they'll have your credit card details um, sitting on their computers. You also have to give Twitter your phone number. Um, and in the past, all you needed was an email address. But when when a company, when a big tech company has your credit card number and your um, phone number, they know exactly who you are. They know everything about you. They can go and find out, you know, they can pretty much deduce who you vote for, uh, which brand of um, coffee you drink, you know, and so on. It's we, we, we've, we've talked about that in the past, but um, it's a it's, it's kind of different place for Twitter because in the past that's not been Twitter's vibe to find out everything about their customers. The, um, the other thing about doing that is it's a source of friction. And the thing about, um, a lot of social media, a lot of online things, um, for for a decade or more, they were all about reducing friction, making it easier for you to slide in and hand over your data. But just that simple act of you having to reach your credit card and pay a pay a dollar is a is a piece of friction. Now, the silliest thing about all of this is that nobody is signing up for Twitter these days, um, or very few people are, and that the very few humans are, I should say, but there are lots of bots that are signing up. And the, the, the rationale behind this plan is that by charging people a dollar, um, the bots won't sign up. 
but which is ridiculous because um, the bot industry, the the whole misinformation, bot spam, and so on, it is an industry. They're getting paid by people, and um, quite frankly, one dollar US per account is nothing compared with what they're earning from the the people who pay for those campaigns. So it's silly on it's silly on just about every level, and that's kind of characteristic of what's been going on in the last year. Um, and as you say. When um, when this all started, when we started this ride um, at the end of October a year ago, there was a lot of talk online that Twitter wouldn't last, that it would fall over, that there would be a mass exodus and so on. There there hasn't been a mass exodus. There is a, there is a, um, a lot less activity. Um, the actual number of daily tweets is, is almost half what it was before um, before the takeover. Um, the people that have left are lots of the people that are left are the ones that were the important tweeters, the ones that people, lots of people followed. Um, and there have been some major, major crashes and outages, um, sometimes for days at a time. But it hasn't actually, there hasn't been that one final cataclysmic crash that you know killed things seriously. So um, the the picture is, oh, the picture is is, is there. There haven't been these massive um, declines, you know, overnight declines in numbers. It's been a very slow, steady decline over the last 12 months. Um, and what that tells us really is these, and, and you alluded to this when we um, we started talking, is that these things are actually quite sticky and people do sort of tend to hang around and we don't kill the accounts. I mean, I haven't, I haven't tweeted anything myself for months, probably for about nine, ten months, but my account's still on there, so I probably still count as a customer as far as they're concerned. Um, but I've got some numbers here, and there's a company called SimilarWeb. And what SimilarWeb do? Now, Twitter don't – well, Twitter does give out numbers, but the numbers they give out are completely wrong and misleading. And, um, you know, I think we can use – I think it's safe to use this word. They're lies. They're what they, they lie about their numbers. Um, what SimilarWeb does is it measures what the traffic – uh, what traffic goes to a site. It can do this. You can do this without actually being on the site. You can see – um, how many people turn up at various sites, and what they're saying is that the traffic to Twitter is down. It's down, but it's only down fourteen percent year on year. The actual general traffic. It's much worse for traffic to the ads. The traffic to the ads is down something like eighteen percent, but in some places the traffic is down more. So it's down twenty percent in the US. It's down eighteen percent in Australia. I couldn't dig out any specific New Zealand numbers, but my guts tell me that it's not as high in New Zealand as it is elsewhere in the world. Um, there is there is some good news for Twitter. that um, Mr. Musk's Twitter account, his traffic to his account has gone up 96% in the last year. Um, but the... Um, the other thing, and the other thing is, is there's some context here, is that all these sites are actually now facing declining traffic. So while Twitter is down... Um, more than the others, the the general over online communities overall are down around about four percent year on year. Um, TikTok, on the other hand, is up twenty five percent year on year. So so there's a general pattern that the Facebooks, the Twitters, and so on they're they're getting declining traffic. Yeah, but they're, 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 they're the oldies, the old geezers. Okay, yeah. now video streamers are pushing up prices well ahead of inflation. Just explain. Uh, who they are and what they're up to. 
Yeah, well, these are the uh, the Netflix, the Prime, Amazon's Prime service, Disney Plus, um, and so on. In New Zealand, we have Neon. Now, um, Neon, I don't, to my knowledge, I don't think Neon has done this, but all the big international um, streaming companies, except Apple TV, have whacked their prices up considerably. They whacked them up a year ago by about 10%, and they've gone up about another 15 16 17% in the last 12 months as well. So we're now paying pretty much 25 to 30% more than we were two years ago for these services. But at the same time as the prices have gone up, they've, um, they've, they've got smaller catalogues. So there's less on Netflix than there was uh, back then and there's certainly less, less on netflix than there was 10 years ago when it started and it was considerably cheaper um and there's there's a secondary thing going on here which is that they're all what what happened some time ago now about, about a year ago uh netflix introduced a, a lower cost tier which you could watch netflix for less pay less and but you'd have to watch uh five minutes of advertising every hour now, it turns out that that is massively more profitable for Netflix than the full tier no, no advertising account. So I don't know what I don't know what the current cost is in New Zealand dollars, but it's about 20. I think it's about 22 bucks uh, a month for uh, uh, the standard Netflix account. Now, I could be I could be out a couple of dollars there because I haven't kept track. But um, that doesn't make as much money for, for Netflix as the account which is half the price that comes with ads and in fact they make they make so much on the ads that what they're trying to do is they're trying to nudge all their customers into the um the advertising accounts so um you're and you're seeing this across the board and apparently um in january prime amazon's prime um, service will give everyone ads whether you're a you know whatever tier you're on you'll be getting ads and later they plan to introduce a more expensive ad free tier so one way or another you're you're just going to be paying more for yep. your streaming yeah well look at cost to make doesn't it you know and yeah, um, well, it, it does. And, and, and this is the issue always uh, the returns and it's the same <clears throat> to be honest with you it's the, the same with the excellent uh, platforms that i find myself using as often if not more than uh, these, um, you know, big global corporates, which is TVNZ on demand and actually a little bit of three now. And again, yeah. um, more and more people are time shifting, which virtually no free to air anymore. No linear free to air anymore. So they've got to, they've thing, got to make their money, Bill. Well, how, but the other thing is, is, are you in touch with how much you spend each month on all those services? Because people just aren't, apparently. Well, well, they're free TVNZ in, in three now. Yeah, they they, they are, but the the, the paid for ones. Well, get in there and have a look at what's there, because you'll be amazed. Um, uh, including a, a bunch of uh, mainly older movies, uh, older being sort of nineties and, and early two thousands. But yeah, uh, the, that's an interesting point you make because as the price point climbs and the ads turn up and it gets a bit annoying, that's when people will look more closely. At, at what they are spending and whether they still want it. Well, uh, I, was, there's a, I was just wanted to mention one more thing. There's a flip side to that, and that is is that since this started happening, guess what's happened to piracy? It's <laughs> on its way up, of course. It's back okay. on its way up again. Yeah. Um, I'm really interested in the British Museum digitising uh, a collection of, well, it's going to cost it millions to do. Which yeah. collection and why? It's everything. It's everything the British Museum has will be digitised one way or another. And it's going to spend, they're spending um, £10 million, which is what, about 
twenty million New Zealand dollars, um, which is a lot of money. The 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 reason they're doing it is um, they, they they had started doing this already some years ago, but only with their sort of top things, the things that people are most interested in. But now they're going to do it to everything. And the reason they're doing it is it's a fascinating story. Um, it turns out that a curator had been stealing items from the museum for the last twenty years. This guy had been like taking stuff out of the um there's there's a number of collections of items where the items themselves are like inherently valuable things like jewelry uh, gold jewelry gemstones and so on but they're not very high profile from a sort of uh, historic or scientific interest point of view that so so they're in the collection but they're not the star items of the collection um he stole 2,000 items over about 20 years. And these things were turning up on um, eBay for sale. Um, and an art collector in, in Holland spotted this, and he sent a letter to the, um, the board of the British Museum warning them this was going on. And they ignored him. I mean, they, they just didn't What's want to know. What's extraordinary is we're talking about the digitization and the technology available there. You'd think you'd have some. You'd think you'd have some technology that was telling you when bits were disappearing from your museum. Yeah. You think there'd be a little anti-pilfering uh, technique that uh, warned you when something I don't know whether it was a barcode or something else that identifies it had wandered out of the building, wouldn't you? Yeah, well, they put a barcode on a T-shirt in a shop. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe on a grandmaster, it would yeah, be worth yeah. doing. Well, there, there are there there are to be fair, there are two point four million items in. Oh the well, collection. no one's going to miss a few, are they? Yeah. Um, apparently, okay. Uh, just finally, North Korea's subtle internet takeover plan. It sounds like a grand plan to be subtle. What is it? Well, if you go, if you're uh, if you run a business and you have digital things like servers and so on that need managing, you can advertise on these various freelancing sites to get someone to come in and do some technical work for you and you pay them you know generally speaking they're people in the third world they don't get paid a lot by um in in local terms but they get paid quite a good income by the standards of the philippines or india or bangladesh or wherever where they live um and they can do things like manage your mail server or whatever um and what's happening is that North Koreans are signing up. They're pretending that they're from another country, so they pretend that they're from the Philippines or India or wherever. They're signing up to get these jobs managing um, technology stuff for companies around the world um, remotely, and they're doing it all remotely from North Korea. And because they're using VPNs, no one knows where it, where they're actually physically located. And what they do is they then get into a company's mail system, and of course they can they can do all sorts of things. What's in it? They can actually steal trade secrets, or they can um, get passwords so they can uh, launch ransomware attacks and so on. Now, the interesting thing about this is the North Korean government originally got people started doing this so they could earn hard currency. So the the the, the North Koreans original plan was to get these guys who were tech savvy in North Korea to be earning uh, US dollars, which the North Korean government could then go and spend on uh, buying weapons on the dark markets around the world. But what they realized was that they originally thought these people were going to be just doing mundane things with their with web servers and so on. But what actually turns out is that quite often companies are giving these guys the keys to their systems so that they can get inside and dig around and uh, pull out pull out you know trade secrets or or launch ransomware attacks and it's apparently there's there's 
tens, there's thousands, many thousands of North Koreans, there's maybe 10,000 people doing this. Well, as I like to say, for every solution there is a problem, and this <laughs> is the one to hiring remote workers, <laughs> potentially. Um, because, look, it's, there's huge demand for it, right? There's so many benefits, especially time zone benefits and other things, yeah. but... Um, yeah, uh, as always, best to check the CV, do the reference checks. Well, yeah, and that's what's, and that's what's happening. Those, those freelancing companies aren't doing the yeah, yeah. checks. Yeah. Bill, thanks so much. Bill Bennett, tech correspondent.